Hello, this is Josh Gondelman. No, I'm sorry. I'm Josh Gondelman, and this is Make My Day, a comedy game show. The world is a stressful place to spend time, so every week, I bring on one contestant and we play one game that they're guaranteed to win because they're the only person playing. I assign them points throughout the gameplay based on how much their answers to my questions cheer me up. And then at the end, when they win, not if, they receive a $100 grand prize donation to the charity or aid cause of their choice. Then this week's champion and I each give a pep talk to a person or group that we think deserve it because this isn't all about me. It's just mostly about me. You may know my guest today from her work with her band Speedy Ortiz and her wonderful Sad 13 solo project. Her newest album, Haunted Painting, which is awesome, is out now. She also runs the Wax9 record label slash poetry journal, which pays poets to write poetry. Amazing. Welcome to the show, Sadie Dubuis. Thank you, Josh. It's very nice to, as you know from my very long post-Mercury retrograde day, which I didn't even know was a thing, Uh, I'm very happy to be on such a a positive game show. (laughs) Well, thank you for doing it. I didn't know post-Mercury Retrograde was... I thought it was Mercury Retrograde, and then we were in the clear. I, too, thought the moment Mercury went direct, things would be easy-peasy, and they have been just drastically problem after problem for the past three days. And apparently there's um, I forget if they called it like the... Mercury shade or something, which sounds very millennial. I don't think it is. Um, very millennial. That sounds like a, a a color of nail polish that Lena Dunham would have worn Ooh. on television. And you know, I might have wound up with it at a CVS one day too. I think we're, we'll have a nice time on the show. You're going to cheer me up. Maybe I'll do You're gonna the same for you. You're going to cheer me up. Yes. Well, look, that's not... That's not promise. It's really not on you. You're not a contestant today. But I'll do right, exactly. I do the easy part, which is enjoying. <laughs> so here we go. Let's play, okay. let's start today's game. Today's game is called Flicks Are for Kids. Recently, I tweeted that instead of doing gritty reboots of like 101 Dalmatians and Sleeping Beauty, Hollywood should start making glitzy, family-friendly versions of movies like Taxi Driver and Kids. You replied that they should all be done in the style of the PBS show Wishbone, where a dog, if you don't know, listeners, a dog plays the protagonist in television adaptations of classic works of literature, like The Three Musketeers and The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Sadie, today I will ask you to pitch me versions of this, film versions of this, for non-gritty reboots. As always, I will score your answers based on accuracy, creativity, and how much they delight me personally. <laughs> Listeners, it's less complicated than I made it sound just now. Sadie, are you ready to play Flicks I've are for Kids? I've never been more ready <laughs> to play Flicks are for Kids in my life. It would life. be weirder if there were other times when you'd been more ready to play <laughs> Last this week, Flicks for Kids didn't go my way, but no, this week, yeah, a tough now one. that Mercury's over. Did you play Flicks are for Kids on Mark Maron's podcast? Because <laughs> this would really stress I'll me I'll never out. tell. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start here with the first question. Wishbone, I looked it up, is canonically a Jack Russell Terrier. But for our reboot of the series, for films, what breed of dog would be the best for playing characters ranging from Travis Bickle to Patrick Bateman to Bane? I am going to advocate for pit bulls. I have fostered four of them. I foster failed once. I'm pretty darn close to foster failing with a second pit bull who you just saw zooming around behind me in my mm-hmm. my kitchen. They're super easy to train because they 
are just like suck-ups. They really want to please their people. So I, I think in terms of avoiding casting a difficult actor, you will do very well to elect a pit bull. Beyond that, I think they're they're versatile. They're they, some of them look ripped. Like, you know when you see the pictures of kangaroos and there's just like mm-hmm. yeah, an eight-pack, inexplicable, yeah. like multiple biceps? Yep. Sometimes pitbulls kind of look like that. But they're also like notorious lap dogs. They want to curl up so tiny to be in your lap, Aww. regardless of whether that's appropriate when they weigh like 80 pounds. Um, so I think they would also be great as romantic leads for that reason. Huge. The hair is not so versatile It's short, you know, it's shedding all over me. But they're really easy to coax into costumes. Okay. So I think wigs would work. (laughs) That's it. That's my my pitch. I do want to point out just at the top of this game, I learned today that there is already a film adaptation of Wishbone in the works with Peter Farrelly producing. Wow. Will you hire me as a consultant on the Wishbone movie, Peter. Peter Farrelly, let's go. Just had to put myself out there. There's something about Wishbone. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine? That'd be, I know we went kind of dark with this vision, but I could see Wishbone in that role. Absolutely could. Now who, in in there's something about, in in a dog forward reboot of there's something about Mary, is Wishbone Cameron Diaz or is Wishbone Ben Stiller? It's like almost cuter if Wishbone is Cameron Diaz doing all this work to just earn Wishbone's love and trust. 100%. There's all these men that are just like drawn to Wishbone. <laughs> but I want to pet Wishbone. <laughs> and, and Wishbone is a pit bull in a Cameron Diaz wig. I'm for it. Yeah, this this movie already rules. There were so many reasons that this is a perfect choice. Pitbulls, bringing Peter Farrelly into this, it's thorough. It's considered. You're, you're, not, you're not wrong. This answer is worth 175 points. Hey! Yeah. That's like how much the dog food costs. <laughs> perfect. That's it. That's it. It's the 170 points for the price of medicinal dog food. Thank you. Thank you. Next question. What is a film scene that you found disturbing that would be much less traumatic if reimagined in the wishbone style? I'm gonna, I'm gonna get serious. Is that okay, Josh? I don't want to bring you down, but I think it's for the sake of, of bringing it to the world. Um, you and I have talked about harm reduction coalition before, mm-hmm. uh, around the time that you were being coerced into trying cocaine Correct. on Twitter. Uh, they offer a lot of um, tools to empower people who use drugs and their families and friends, um, not only to prevent overdose, but to give other life-saving resources and like medical tools. Really, really cool national organization. That said, obviously, like having them come to shows and distribute naloxone, which is the overdose reversal medication, I think this is a really important skill that everyone should be trained in. I think everyone should carry Narcan when they can. I think it is great that Pulp Fiction teaches people that overdose can be reversed. Mm-hmm. All of that said, it's like such a violent scene. And yes. I was at one of the, the scene last, in Pulp Fiction the where scene in Pulp Uma Fiction. Thurman accidentally snorts heroin, mm-hmm. thinking it's cocaine, and overdoses. And, and has overdoses. To be revived with a, a needle. An adrenaline into needle her chest. straight into her chest with like a big thump. There's a lot of blood. Yep. It's like pretty intense and, and scary and upsetting, which, you know. It's Pulp Fiction. 
But just yep. like humans, we need to harm reduce for dogs too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've certainly had a dog get into some grapes, get into some chocolate, yep. get into some idiot who's in a band staying at my house, weed brownie. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of these things have happened to dogs I've known. Uh, usually you're giving them a charcoal pill or some like emetic or you have to take mm-hmm. them to the, the urgent care thing. So I, I do think we could see Wishbone in a loving and safe and calm way giving one of these to another dog who has gotten a little too into the grapes, staying Mm -hmm. by the other dog's side to ensure it doesn't vomit wrong in a loving and safe and calm way. Maybe we get some, like, licking of each other's paws. I don't know. Dogs dogs love to snuggle. This is a great answer. Oh, this this answer is worth... 118 points, which is what I imagine our first week box office gross will be in millions. In billions. When Pup Fiction comes out. Wow! I didn't even take it to that place. I'm very glad to have you as a collaborator. This is what I'm here for, is the puns. Next question. As proof of concept for any producers listening, be it Peter Farrelly, Quentin Tarantino, others... Please rewrite any famous monologue or like even just a signature line of dialogue to be appropriate for children to hear when spoken by Wishbone. Listen, I I personally hate speeches. I have a hard time with movies with speeches. So I had to Google like movies with speeches today. And I have seen Network. Okay. And there's a pretty good speech in Network. This is good. Yes. Big disclaimer, I have a horrible monotone. So giving a dramatic speech is like maybe even better coming from me. Uh, but I will not emote while I do the, this, the I'm mad as hell speech from Network. Picture this, listeners, coming out of the mouth of, again, uh, a pit bull. <laughs> a pit bull on the air who just has had enough. Had enough. Um, I don't have to tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. It's a depression. Everybody's out of bones or scared (laughs) of another dog stealing their bones and so guarding their food bowls. The dollar buys less and less kibble. Pet supply stores are going to the cats. Cities have passed. Breed restriction laws. Puppies are running wild in the street. And there's nobody (laughs) anywhere who seems to know how to pat my little belly and scratch behind my ear. We know the toilet water is unfit to drink and that human food is off limits to eat. And we sit watching our TVs, which are in human rather than in dog language, mm-hmm. as if that's the way it's supposed to be. We know things are bad, worse than bad. They're crazy. It's like everything everywhere is going crazy, so we don't go out anymore, other than when our people say, time to go out in a cute little voice and hold up the leash. <laughs> we sit in the house, even when very exciting noises seem to be happening right outside. And slowly, the crate we are living in is getting smaller. And all we say is, please... At least leave us alone in our living rooms. Let us have our peanut butter-filled Kongs and our tennis balls, and I won't say anything. Just leave us alone. Well, I'm not going to leave you alone. I want you to get mad. I don't want you to growl. I don't want you to howl. I don't want you to bite your congressman because I wouldn't (laughs) know where to tell you to bite. All I know is that first you've got to get mad. You've got to bark. I'm a dog being, goddammit. My life has value. So I want you to get up now. I want all of you to get up out of your cuddler bed. I want you to get up right now and go to the human's desk. Jump on it. Stick your head in her face and bark. I'm as mad as hell and I'm not going to take this anymore. I want you to get up right now. Sit up. Sit down. Lie down. Good girl. Go to your human. Stick your head out and bark. I'm not. I'm as mad as hell and I'm not going to take this anymore. 
I think that's basically the gist of my speech from This that is so good. It brought me so much joy. <laughs> Truly one of my favorite answers to any questions on this on this program that we've ever had. I will say you did not edit any of the cursing. Oh. <laughs> to be appropriate. But well, we- we Children could, under, you know, we could it's flip a goddamn it to like a dog damn it, and that softens it a little bit. That's fair enough. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes dogs have to damn things too. Yeah, they sure do. <laughs> Mail carriers, uh, <laughs> thunder, <laughs> dog damn it, diapers, <laughs> diapers. <laughs> um, yeah, I I think <laughs> this is an incredible, just an incredible answer. This answer is worth two hundred and one points. <laughs> Because it's like the number of Dalmatians, Dalmatians and then another plus 100. another hundred. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you, you got I... it. Next question. While we're on the subject, what is your dream non-dog animal casting for a memorable role in film history? We've got a lot of pit bulls playing a lot, a lot of different a breadth of roles, but like if we had to leave dogs, what what animal do you see as taking a star turn? And to be fair, I'm not seeing pit bulls in every single one of these these roles. Mm-hmm. I just want the pit bull to be the star. Mm-hmm. We need more pit bull representation. Yes. Um, I guess I don't see why Beetlejuice shouldn't be a raccoon. <laughs> I don't think anyone sees why Beetlejuice shouldn't be a raccoon. <laughs> raccoon chatter sounds so good. It's like combination squirrel and cat and also like old man grunts. I think that Michael Keaton's, it's not voice acting, I guess, if you're also a, a physical actor, but I feel like Beetlejuice right, but his is vocal like voice performance. Acting. Yeah, yeah, totally. Raccoons have that energy. Yes. Um, they're kind of tricksters, but they're also pretty sweet. So I'm, Fully I'm agreed. going hard with uh, I don't see why Beetlejuice isn't already a raccoon. I, yeah, I don't know what they're thinking. Not. All, not having a raccoon originate the role of Beetlejuice. I get on Broadway, right, when they did the Beetlejuice Broadway because, like, you know, seven, eight shows a week, that's a lot for a little rodent. I mean, if you can dream it, you can be it. Yeah, agreed. I think I think from now on, Beetlejuice will be known as a raccoon canonically. Cool by me. A, a perfect answer. This answer is worth 171 points. Amazing. Next question. Which actor of any gender would you most like to see giving a dead serious performance opposite a dog in a film? And out of respect to the raccoons and dogs we've already discussed, you mean human actor of any gender? Yes, yeah, 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 cool. yeah. Because yeah. it could be like Shamu. Um, right. <laughs> I mean, I guess if you were like, I want to see a movie where Shamu plays opposite a raccoon, <laughs> I wouldn't be against it. It would be fun. You may already know this about me that I'm a like a big on the record Wallace Shawn fan. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> did like a whole music. You tried video. to get him for your video, right? I for did, and then we video? just like made fake YouTube links of like Wallace Shawn fan trivia. Um, <laughs> I think he could play really perfectly against a dog, and I don't. I think why he'd be so good is I don't think he. I think he's too smart to bring, like, dead serious energy to any role. Like, even his serious, like, socialism writing is filled with a lot of wryness and hopefulness at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I think that is what would make him pair so well with an anthropomorphic dog or even monologuing to a dog that is... Um, Just listening? Listening and, like, receptive in its body language. Mm-hmm. 
this is a great choice for people who might not be super familiar with Wallace Shawn by name. No, they don't exist. Know, you definitely know him by sight. There's nobody who doesn't know Wallace Shawn. But if you need a refresher, let's say, if you're On like Wallace Shawn, yeah, he's the guy from Princess Bride, right? This this is like his most populist well-known moment, right? The inconceivable from Princess Bride, right? But also Rex from Toy Story. Yes. Oh, that's true. I think that's a pretty big one. But he's harder to picture. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) You just picture the dinosaur. (laughs) (laughs) I would also love to see Rex from Toy Story play against a dog. Yeah. Not the slinky dog, a real dog. No. Oh, slinky dog. A classic. This is a great answer. Wallace Shawn, obviously. I... (laughs) This answer is worth 117 points. Incredible. Yeah. Inconceivable that it would get anything else. (laughs) I love it. That's an extra 20 points. Wow. Racking them up here. The amount of bags of kibble I'm going to get with these points. Next question. What movie for adults would you most like to see remade starring only dogs and no human performers at all? I love Scream very much. Mm -hmm. The whole entire at least the cinematic series. So just because Scream is is so central to my, like, circle of favorites, I, I really want to say dog Scream. Again, we have the problem <laughs> of, of dog murder being disallowed from my world. But again, these are these are movies, they're like bright, shiny movies for children, so we're not murdering, you know yeah, what I mean? maybe they're pulling pranks. Yeah. Ghostface is, like, notoriously klutzy, so maybe it's just dogs tripping each other oh, in the Ghostface costume, which I want so much for my own dogs. Yeah, a great costume for a dog. I could also see the, the Ghostface voice changer being used to great effect on dogs. Like, <laughs> dogs bark like, like bark, a pit bull bark. barks into it, and it's like a very tiny dog bark. Yeah, oh, that's fun. A little chihuahua bark coming from a pit bull. Mm-hmm. And they're like, um, the bark is coming from inside the house. <laughs> What do we call scream? Just like wine? Um, (laughs) I was going to go howl. Oh, howl's good. Howl's good. Um, Did you see White God? No. What's White God? It's like a very good movie from, I want to say 2015. Okay. It's Hungarian, I think. And the whole Mm. thing is like dogs on the street get revenge on humans who abuse them. In like pretty like violent... (laughs) fashion, but it's mm. like all the people who get it deserve it. It's sure. very good. So there kind of is like a dog slasher film already. There are wow. just no dog victims. Maybe at Which the end. Which made it perfect for you. Yeah, it's like the bir- the birds with dogs. <laughs> the birds with dogs. <laughs> you could, it would be so funny if that movie were just called The Dogs. <laughs> Why not just The Birds with Dogs? That's, the Birds with Dogs. That spells yeah. it out even better. Yeah, people be like, The Dogs, that could be anything. But like, <laughs> the Birds with Dogs, we get it. You're right. Yes, excellent choice. Scream plus The Birds with Dogs. <laughs> I can't yeah. take credit for The Birds with Dogs. It's real and it's pretty good. Yeah, wow, that's a great answer. I mean, that's worth 181 points, which is a truly terrifying amount of dogs that I think could be swarming you like the birds from the birds. Next question. Which famous director would you like to hire to work on this series of films? Okay, hear me out. I'm not picking... I'm picking a famous person who is, up to this point, not a director. Okay. But I think she should be. Okay. And I don't know if it's too wild a proposition, but how about Fiona Apple? Yeah. 
because I feel like a lot of her press over the last 15 years has like been very dog centric. Oh yeah. Uh, she's got a big history with like rescue dogs and like just wanting to live with and love a lot of dogs. She's very devoted to them. Mm-hmm. And I think she's got such a good sense of like rhythm and dialogue and language and pacing and all of that. I think she could I think she could direct this movie. Yeah, there were dogs on her last album, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. There so she's, she's also like delved into some uh, like kind of dark covers of children's songs, mm-hmm. so she could so even just soundtrack flip this. Yeah. Light covers of adult songs. Yeah, yeah. This, I cover a version of Criminal just called Bad Boy. <laughs> <laughs> There's no such thing as a bad boy. I know you're right. <laughs> it's just a dog making bad choices. Well, you know what? There's no such thing as a criminal if we're anti-carceral. So yeah, um, this answer is worth. 146 points because of how many words I think are in the title of that one Fiona Apple album. Which one? There are like five Fiona Apple. Final question. Wow. Oh my God. Final question. Pressure. Tell me about some changes you would make to the Wishbone theme song since I assume you would want to re-record it for the act, for for these films. I have been doing this like nobody is asking for it project but I find it fun a uh, thing where I very faithfully cover, like, teen drama shows, theme oh, songs. Oh, yeah. Um, you did the one for the OC. It was so good. I did the OC this year. I have Gossip Girl forthcoming. Um, my big one was the Veronica Mars theme song that I also did um, pre-pandemic, but only like, all in my bedroom, shot-for-shot remake of the opening <laughs> sequence uh, on my birthday, so you can tell how fun I am as a person. <laughs> um, so I really like this certain like 2000s era synth tinged pop rock, or I feel I'm like I excel at interpreting it. And I think Wishbone could handle an up tempo teen 2000s soundtrack interpretation, and I think it could yeah. still apply to some of the the films we have discussed here. So like vein of Dandy Warhol's Phantom Planet. Um, yep. I don't know, like maybe I can just produce it and we get Ashley Simpson to sing on it. Great. That's, yeah. That's what I'm leaning towards. I mean, Fiona Apple, if she's directing it, is going to have to be at least drumming on it. God. The dream. Fiona Apple reinterpreting the Wishbone theme song as like kind of an up-tempo teen show power pop It'd be song. so good. It would be so good. I still want Ashley Simpson on it somehow, but... but yeah, <laughs> we can get Ashley Simpson on it. Maybe she does it for the end credits. Peter, if you're listening... <laughs> We've got ideas and names. Quentin, if you're listening, <laughs> we're not working with you. We went with Federally, <laughs> and that was our decision. <laughs> Fiona, if you're listening. Anytime, we, any day. Yeah, weird, but thank you. We'll cast you. your dog. Yeah, you're, we'll, we'll do whatever you want. Any of this, no offense, Sadie, this is all out the window. We're working on her creative direction that's, if she wants it. That's fair. <laughs> That's a, this is a great answer. Again, that California '90s pop vibe. We're going two one three, two hundred thirteen points for the, uh, for the area code. That's and, more than New York to prove that the West Coast is the best coast, which I don't personally agree with as a born and raised New Yorker. And that brings us to the end of today's game of Flixer for Kids. Your total score is 1,342 points, the highest all-time score in Make My Day history. How do you feel? Just so thankful for all the dogs in my life for helping me get to this place. What a beautiful speech. 
I wish somebody winning an actual Oscar would just give that as their just whole thank their dogs. It'd yeah. be honest. It would be. It would be honest. And, and it would brave. be beautiful. And brave. <laughs> <laughs> as this week's grand prize winner, you've won a one hundred dollar contribution to the charity or aid cause of your choice. Where will the money be going? I think we should give it to Harm Reduction Coalition since we both already supported them and talked about them a little bit today. And uh, hopefully some uh, some listeners are psyched on their work and want to donate there too. That's a terrific choice. And I will make all that information for how to donate available in the show notes and on the show's social media. That's great. And we already talked about what they do. It's great work and important work. Finally, for this week, our pep talks. We will each give a pep talk to a person or a group that we think needs or deserves it this week. I will go first. My pep talk, <clears throat> this is maybe the longest one I've ever done, but I have a lot of thoughts. I've even brought this topic up on the podcast before. But this, my pep talk will be for actors playing the Joker in movies, but mostly Jared Leto. First of all, congratulations on booking the role of the Joker in a film. That is huge. So many people are going to see this movie, and I bet you're getting paid really well. This could be really big for you. This could change a lot. You may do some real messed up stuff to truly dive into this role. But here's a quick thought. How about you don't do that? Yeah, you heard me actors playing the Joker in movies, but mostly Jared Leto. How about you just wait for the director to say action, unless it's Zack Snyder, who probably says something shitty like, it's go time, boys. You wait till the director says that, and then you just pretend to be the Joker. You don't even have to imagine what words he would say. They're already written down for you. You just say those words, all jokery, and then at the end of the day, you say goodnight to your coworkers, and, and, and you go on your way. Or you maybe have dinner together as a bonding exercise without sprinkling cyanide over their salmon or stabbing one of the servers in the chest with a pen when they, when they bring the check. I know, sincerely, that Heath Ledger's tragic death will forever be entwined with the kind of mystification of his excellent performance as the Joker. But good art does not mean that you actively have to attempt to become mentally ill, Jared. If you were playing Batman, you wouldn't hire someone to murder your parents, would you? You know what, don't answer that. Let's just both act like you wouldn't. Just do your best at work every day and treat your colleagues with respect. That's what doing a good job actually is. It's not living in an abandoned warehouse for a month to understand the psychological makeup of a fictional clown. Being a hardworking and collaborative colleague is so much better than being a tortured pseudo-genius who ruins people's lives to play a comic book character in a movie critics and audiences won't even like. And stop trying to chase the legacy of Joaquin Phoenix and Heath Ledger. You already have an Oscar, assuming you're Jared Leto. That's pretty good, dude. You're already doing great. Sadie, the floor is yours for a pep talk. I told Josh before getting on the call today, I was having a really tough day just for all kinds of silly reasons, work reasons, massive leak coming out of my ceiling reasons, you know, stuff happens. And the fact that I have a, a, this very cute little foster dog to come home to who needs me to go out for a walk and she loves the treats that are um, for brushing her teeth. That's her favorite treat. Like what a loser, but it's so it's so cute to watch her run into her little house with her toothbrushing treat. Times that I have fostered and adopted a dog have just been some of the most positive experiences of my life. When I'm feeling really bad about myself or bad about things I have to do or bad about situations I'm stuck in, it's like a reminder that 
life functions outside of that. And certain living things depend on you and, and what a beautiful gift to be able to provide that for them. So my first adopted dog, Buster, who's not who I've been talking about today, but is pretty cool and great. I fostered him on Valentine's Day 10 years ago after um, my roommate died and I was really grieving hard and just didn't know how to, what to do. And um, I really feel like he saved my life in a lot of ways. And I'm so thankful for that relationship with this dog and this new one that I'm fostering. And uh, maybe you think that, you know, you're not the right dog parent or cat parent or fish parent, um, but there's a lot of animals that, that need love and support. And you probably are the right parent. No one's gonna be perfect and you could save their life just by fostering. So this is my pep talk to anyone who feels insecure about hanging out with an animal. I believe in you. And I know that that animal is gonna believe in you and be so thankful for you if you do decide to foster. So that's my pep talk. What a beautiful pep talk. So serious. <laughs> that is fully within the boundaries of what these can be. I thought it was really sweet and heartening. And I think people listening will probably really take solace and encouragement from it. I think it's wonderful. You know, you're a, you're a dog parent. I am a dog it's parent. It's a really nice relationship. It is really nice. And that's that's been our show. This is me. I'm Josh Gondelman. I'm your host. This is Make My Day. This week's guest and champion is Sadie Dupuis. Sadie, where can people find you and your work? Oh my God, I have such a good URL. I wish Please. it was sad13.dog, but it's um, sad13.horse. So sad13.horse. So but you can also find me on, on Bandcamp and Twitter and all the other, not TikTok yet, but all the other ones. It's coming for us all. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be perceived more. But uh, sad13.horse is a pretty safe place. Sad13.horse. That's so good. <laughs> um, and also, if you're interested in donating to the, the Harm Reduction Coalition, I'm going to make that information readily available. If you have your own answers to today's game of Flicks Are For Kids, you can tweet them at me, at Josh Gondelman, or at Make My Day Pod, and I will, I'll read them there and be excited to see them. And that's the show. Make My Day is a Radio Point production produced by Houston Snyder and Naomi Steinberg, recorded and edited by Kat Iosa, executive produced by Alex Bach, Rich Corson, and Daniel Powell. If you like the show, please rate and review it as highly as your conscience allows. A five-star review really helps. We'll be back next week. Until then, have several nice days. Make my day.